Man, I'm excited to be here, and let me tell you why I'm excited to be here, because this is the church my parents got married at, all right? In 1959, my parents got married here. My mom was born and raised in this church. She is from Memphis. My dad is from Jackson, and so my whole family is from this part of the world. And so, man, I am excited to be here. It's incredibly cool that I get to be here tonight and be with you, man. I've met so many of you and met so many of the student staff that are here, and I just want you to know that you have incredibly cool people that are here helping make this, ta- this thing happen tonight. And one of the things I want to do is I want to take an opportunity and introduce you to my family. Now, they, they are not here. We live in Arkansas. I am not from Arkansas. That's very important, okay? I am from Florida, but my family, we live in Arkansas right now. And, and I really would like just to take an opportunity and introduce to you. So here's some, here's some pics of, of who they are. So this is me and my wife, Amy. This is us on vacation. So we're all looking like trying to act like we like each other. Um, these are our kids. You can tell three of my kids know how to take a picture. And one of my kids is crazy. All right. That one down there, that one with the glow stick in the middle of the day, his name is Deacon. And uh, man, I'm going to tell you more about him tonight. I'll show you this other pic. It's a little bit easier just to see who we are as a family. My wife, Amy, we've been married for 17 years. Then right next to uh, her, that's Wrigley. Okay, I named him. I'm a huge Chicago Cubs fan. And so his name is Wrigley. Um, Right next to him, that is Deacon. Okay, and then uh, so that is sixth grade, fourth grade. Macon is in ninth grade and Ellie is in seventh grade. So Ellie is a singer in theater. Macon does track. She does volleyball. She does basketball. Deacon does karate and parkour. And Wrigley plays football, all right? And so to tell you about my family is just to kind of let you know a little bit about me. Now, I want to tell you something about Deacon. So this next pick just shows Deacon. And if you're asking if I'm showing him because he's my favorite, the answer is yes, okay? He is he is the favorite. I tell my kids all the time, if they're annoying to me, I was like, dude, you just got ranked second now. You're not first anymore. You're second, third, fourth. I don't even have five kids. Sometimes I'll just tell them they're in fifth place. doesn't even matter. Deacon is a kid that if he was here, all of you would know his name. And here's why. Deacon is loud. Deacon is crazy. When Deacon was uh, up until the time he was three years old, Deacon hated to wear clothes. So he would just run around naked in our house. And what would be weird is, and Deacon didn't care. He didn't matter. It didn't matter to him if he was at home with his family or if we had guests over. Didn't matter. All of a sudden, there would just be a naked three-year-old just running through the house. Deacon, and he wasn't trying to run fast. He would just walk and be like, how you guys doing? He didn't care. Man, Deacon, Deacon got adopted when uh, he was 33 days old. And uh, crazy thing about Deacon is uh, his birth mother did not know she was pregnant until 12 hours before he was born. She went into the hospital. She thought she was dying. She told the doctor, I'm, I think I'm dying. The doctor said, you are not dying. And just want you to know that your baby is perfectly fine. She's like, I'm not pregnant. He was like, oh, yes, you are. Showed her the sonogram, and it was the first time she knew that she was pregnant with Deacon. 12 hours later, she had him, and then two days after that, she picked me and Amy as his birth parent, as his adoptive parents. So he's been in our home for 10 years. And I got to tell you, like, we have an incredible connection with Deacon. 
So I have two birth children, two bio children, and two adopted, two boys, two girls. And Deacon is an incredible kid, but I want to tell you about him. So Deacon is a little out there, man. He is a very extroverted kid. He's a loud kid. If he was here, some of you would love him, and some of you are like, can we please send this kid back to Arkansas? Five years ago, we went to Disney World. Anybody ever been to Disney World? Okay. We decided to do this. We're going to go to five parks in five days. So we did all four parks, and we did Magic Kingdom twice. So... At the end of the night at Hollywood Studios, they do this thing called a laser show at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So we're deciding to go to this right before we go on a roller coaster called the Rockin' Roller Coaster featuring Aerosmith. Okay? Anybody been on that roller coaster? Okay. It's a great roller coaster. So we're rocking this roller coaster. And when we get off, I have two children. My wife has two children. And we start walking toward the laser show. So it's about a 70 to 80 yard walk. And so we start walking over there. We get to the laser show and I have my two children and I look at my wife and said, where's Deacon? And my wife said, he's with you. I said, obviously not. I got two kids right here. One, two. I was like, where's your other kid? She's like, oh, I thought you had him. I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, baby, I thought you had him because I got two, you got two hands. Where's Deacon? She's like, I haven't seen him since the roller coaster. And so let me just tell you, in situations like that, I am not a calm person, okay? My wife is just like this. Hey, baby, we'll find him. And I'm literally like, you are the worst parent in the world. I was like, security, take my wife. And so I go and we go and check. He was not at the laser show. And so I came back to my wife. I give my wife my other two children say, don't lose these two, okay? You've got 75% of them right now. Here's the deal. So I go down. I start, I start telling the people, and this is what I say. I say, listen, I need to tell you that uh, um, I am missing my son. His name is Deacon Isaiah Butler. He is four years old. He's wearing a pink V-neck for some reason. I don't know why we decided on that today. He is wearing navy blue shorts, and he is wearing, um, he is wearing Spider-Man Velcro shoes. Deacon Isaiah Butler. I mean, I'm giving him everything. He's like... Okay, we got it. I was like, now you shut down the park, right? Like, nobody in or out. He laughs at me. I was like, oh, brother, like, no. Don't be laughing at me right now, all right? He's like, here's what we do. We call him what we call an all-points bulletin, and every 15 minutes we check in. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, we're going to send this description out through the entire park, and everybody with the radio, which is every staff member, will be able to check in 15 minutes and let us know if we find Deacon. I was like, great. I go back to my wife. I said, Amy, did you find our kid yet? She's like, nope. I was like, okay, still horrible parent. I was like, here's what's going to happen. I am going to go run back to the rock and roller coaster with Aerosmith, and I'm just going to see what I can do and see if I can find him. I'm freaking out at this moment. So I run back. Instead of going in the line that goes in the front, I go through the back door. I have a staff member person that tries to tell me not to do it. I literally was like, I hate you right now. I'm just going to go run and do whatever I need to do. I go up. I was not a very nice person. I was being a little bit rude because I was scared. I get up to the front. I was like, hey, have you seen my son? His name is Deacon. We've misplaced. My wife has misplaced my son. He's got a pink V-neck on. He's got navy blue shorts, and he's got uh, Velcro Spider-Man shoes. No. So I come back down. I'm freaking out. I'm also still wearing my backpack. I'm very cheap. So what I did before we left in the hotel is I, I just loaded my backpack down with snacks, like snacks and drinks and ice. It was like, it was like a convenience store on my back. And so I'm running around doing all this, and as I run back out, 
I began to realize that, hey, I hear stories all the time about people that lose their kids. I hear stories all the time about people that get kidnapped and missed. And so I start freaking out. And I just start running from staff person and ride to ride, not caring about the people that I'm hitting with my backpack. I've got grandmas going down, and I don't even care. I was like, it's your fault. You're old. And I just kept running. I was like, it doesn't even matter to me right now. Like, I'm not trying to be nice, and, and I'm not saying that that's right, but I'm not trying to be nice. I'm literally only thinking about I want to find Deacon. So I come back to the main street, and to my left is the Tower of Terror, and to the right is kind of someone's like, yes, I've been there. And to the right is kind of the main street. Behind me is the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster where my wife lost my son. And over here is the laser show. So I know I'm not going to go left because it's the Tower of Terror and there's no way my son would have been there. So I go right down Main Street. And as soon as I start going right, I begin to hear this cry. Now listen, I know my son's cry. He's literally a tornado siren. He is the loudest individual that has ever been put on this earth is Deacon. And I begin to hear him cry. And then just like in a movie, it was like the notebook, the people part. And I was like, I'm going to knock him down anyway, so I don't even care if they part. I don't care how old you are, young you are, I'm pun kicking, throwing elbows, whatever. It, it literally just parts. And I see a staff member with a red polo on, like, I was like, dude, do you work at Target? What are you doing here? And he's like, red polo on, name tag, he's got khakis on, and he's holding the hand of a very, very emotional four-year-old. And I was like, oh, that's mine. I was like, I know that kid. So I and also noticed that he is holding a Mickey Mouse stuffed animal. I was like, my wife didn't lose him with a stuffed animal. He was yelling so much, they were just throwing free stuff to Deacon to make him start crying. They're like, dude, we will bring Walt Disney back from the dead and make him talk to you. Just please, you will be in the next Disney movie, okay? You, the, you, this will be you, all right? And as he is doing it and the crowd begins to part, I am now running as fast as I can with the backpack on, just sw you know, swashing back and forth. And I get up to him, and the guy is holding Deacon's hand, and I come down on one knee, and I said, buddy, I am so sorry. And he said, literally says this. He says, Daddy, why did you lose me? And I was like, buddy, I didn't. Your mom did. Your mom lost you. And I will talk to her about it. She's in a lot of trouble. So she's crying. He's crying. And um, th this guy named Brian, I still remember his name. I'm not a big fan of Brian. I hope Brian lost his job and works at Six Flags or something like that now. Brian looks at me and goes, sir, is this your son? It's like, yes, Brian. I don't often go up in theme parks and just start hugging random four-year-olds. He goes, he goes um, son, what is his name? It's like, dude, he's four. He's going to call me daddy. He's like, what? but they wanted to hear name. What is his name? And he goes, daddy. He's like, no, 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 what's his name? Sir, what's your name? I was like, my name's Chuck Butler. Sir, what's his name? Uh, little boy, what's his name? Uh, uh, daddy. I'm like, Brian. Brian, we're about to go rounds, Brian, okay? In Florida, we had this thing, this, fr this phrase that we would call throwing keys. When we were about to fight, it's like, oh, throwing keys. We're getting everything out of the pocket. I was like, Brian, I'm about to throw everybody's keys if you don't hurry up and give me my son. Brian looked at me and goes, sir, literally, like, uh, is this your son? Like, do you have any proof? And I was like, Brian, listen, Brian, I hate you so much, Brian. I was like, Deacon, I'm your daddy. And he's like, Son, is this your daddy? He's like, yes, yes. So finally, here's what Brian does. Brian finally agrees 
that this is my son. Now, you've seen the picture of Deacon. We don't look exactly alike, all right? A little family resemblance, but I had failed to tell the people at Disney that my son was African-American. So they had been searching for a white kid named Deacon for the previous 17 minutes. So no one was looking for a Caucasian, uh, an African-American Deacon. They were looking for Caucasian Deacon. And so Brian begins to tell me, sir, if you would have given us all the details, I was like, Brian, shut your mouth, Brian. Brian, shut your mouth, dude. I'm not kidding. Walk away. Go get my kids some more free stuff and shut up and walk away. Have fun at your life at Six Flags, okay? I hope you're working at the Tilt-A-Whirl the whole time. Brian finally gets them back to me. I have my kid, finally, because honestly, for 17 minutes, and that's how long it was, I literally began to have this thought and began to pray a real prayer like this. Jesus, we have only had him for three years, and, and I don't want Deacon to stay missing. Like, I literally was having all these panic attacks of what would it really be like if I never saw Deacon again? 17 minutes doesn't sound like a long time, but honestly, the entire time, I was just, I could not just function. So we get him back to my wife, and my wife goes, oh, let me see him. I was like, no, 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 stay away from him, all right? We just got him back, Amy, okay? You and Brian go run, you know, go ride the rock and roller coaster or something like that. I didn't put him down. I held him, and Amy was like, do you want to go see the lasers? I was like, no, I hate lasers. I was like, let's go home. I held Deacon all the way to the bus, to the shuttle, got to the car, all the way into the hotel. And when we finally got there, I finally put him down because I couldn't imagine letting him go. His adoption story was so crazy. The connection had been so real and so tight and so incredible. Even that 17 minutes, I could not believe that I wasn't connected to Deacon Isaiah Butler. His story had been so creative. God had protected him inside of his biological mother. His biological mother didn't even know she was pregnant, chose us in the hospital to be his parents. And then for 17 minutes, we were disconnected. This, this story is a story of about broken connection and then what it looked like to have the connection that we were supposed to have. There's a story in the Bible that's very similar. Now, it's a lot different. But in many ways, it's, a lot, it, it, it's very, very similar. And here's how it's similar. So in the beginning of the Bible, there's a book called Genesis. And there's chapters in Genesis. And it's Genesis 1, chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 1 and 2, here's what you begin to see. God is creating everything. Now think about this for a second. Nothing existed. God is now creating Jupiter. He is creating Saturn. He is creating mountains. He is creating grass. He is creating animals. And everything is made. Everything is made perfect. Everything is made good. So think about that for a second. God is creating something that is perfect. Creation is perfect. And here's what's incredible. Listen about this. There was perfect connection with God. So God created Adam and Eve. There was perfect connection between Adam and Eve and God. Nothing got in the way of their connection to God. Nothing. There was perfect connection to each other. People, there was nothing that got in the way. There was no pain. There was no shame. There was no guilt. Now think about that for a second. Think about an existence where you get to walk through life and there's no pain, no shame, and no guilt. And that's what was happening here. There was perfect connection with creation. So everything was made by God and everything was made good and everything was made perfect. And this is the story you see in Genesis 1 and 2. God wanted us to be in relationship and he wanted us to be connected. 
He, he designed us, he created us to be connected to him. So that's the story of Genesis 1 and 2. And then in Genesis 3, you begin to see this part of the story, that Adam and Eve had been given a very, very specific instruction. You can eat of anything except from that one tree. You can do anything. Now, I don't know what you're like, but I, I tend to have a little bit of a rebellious streak inside of me. And so when someone says, hey, listen, you can do anything but that, all I get focused on in that, and here's what's happened. Adam and Eve got deceived and made some really poor choices. And instead of doing what God had told them to do, they did what they wanted to do. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Think about if that kind of is you a little bit sometimes where you decide that you wanna do what you wanna do. And here's what happened. When Adam and Eve chose to do what they wanted to do instead of what God desired for them to do, sin entered into history. And sin broke everything. So everything that God had created, everything that God had created good, the perfect connection that people had with each other, the perfect connection that we had with God, and the perfect connection that we had with creation, here's what happened. Sin, Sin entered and everything broke. Connection to creation broke. Connection to each other broke. Now, pain, shame, guilt exist. Connection to God broke. And here's what, here's what began to happen at this point in history. The way that God designed connection was not possible because of sin and brokenness that had entered into history. When connection to everything broke, sin and brokenness entered into history, And God and sin could not exist in the same space. So here's what happened. God created us for connection. God created us to be in relationship with him. But when sin and brokenness entered, God and sin could not exist in the same space. But God still wanted to be in connection with humans. So here's what God did. God got really creative. Now think about this for a second. Instead of wiping clean all of everything that he's created, God got creative, and here's why. Because he loved humanity, he loved people so much. He loved the idea of being in a relationship with people so much. He actually saw through time and saw you sitting here tonight and said, I love everybody so much that I don't wanna just stop at sin and brokenness. I'm going to work, and I'm gonna come up with a creative fix, come up with something that helps people stay connected to me. So the rest of the story of the Bible, a big part of it is that God has a plan for us to be connected to God, to be restored back to an opportunity to be connected. Jesus was this creative fix that fixed or has the opportunity to fix the problem of not being connected to God in the way that we were designed to be connected. That's when you hear about something called the gospel good news. Now, The term good news was actually a term that military people used to use first, before the church ever used it. And they would literally go around and proclaim and yell what amazing thing the king has done. That was called evangelism. It was a political military term. And then what began to happen is, is that people would begin to hear this term and know the king has done something amazing. This idea of good news is to let us know that the king, Jesus, 
has done something that we need to be aware of and has made it possible for us to be connected to God in the way that we were created to be connected to God. Now remember, God made everything and he made it good. Sin and brokenness broke everything. Sin and God cannot exist in the same space. God had a creative idea and said, Jesus will be the fix. And as Jesus was the fix, here's what it meant. It meant that God sent Jesus to earth to live a perfect life, literally lived on this earth about 33 and some years, lived perfect, never made a mistake. And the reason he had to live a perfect life was because he was going to be a sacrifice. If sin and brokenness had done all this damage to everything that God had created, there had to be something huge happened in history that met the challenge of that sin and brokenness that was the creative fix. And God said this, I'm gonna send Jesus to earth and he is going to be the sacrifice because there's gotta be something massive in history happen that helps take care of the problem that sin and brokenness has started. Jesus is who God says he was. Jesus, when he died on the cross, when he had that sacrifice, when he went to the cross and died, let me tell you why he did that. He didn't just do that so history books would talk about him or so church would talk about him or so we had something called Easter. Jesus did that because he saw through time and looked at October 27th of 2021 and said, I love all 700 people in this room. And he said, I am going to die and be that incredible sacrifice because I know that God wants to be connected with every single person he looked through time and saw. And the only way it was gonna happen is if there was this incredible act in history called the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, a real cross, shedding real blood, and did it to help make sure that we get a chance to be connected to God. Now here's what John 14, six says. I want you guys to look at this scripture up on, up on the screen. John 14, 6 says this, I am the way, the truth, it doesn't even matter if it's not up there, all right, just listen to me. I am the way, this is Jesus talking, listen, this is Jesus talking. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Think about that. I, Jesus, who knows that he has come to earth to be this creative fix, this perfect sacrifice to help make sure that people can get connected to God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is pointing this out and saying this. If you want to be a part of being connected to God in the way that you were designed to be connected, the only way to make that connection happen is through Jesus. The only way. You can't go to church enough, you can't pray enough. Now all that stuff is great. You can't do quiet times enough, you can't come to uh, Bellevue enough, all that stuff is great. Jesus was saying this, look, do you wanna have the connection that you were created to have? Do you wanna truly become the person you were designed and created to be? Then here's the deal. You're gonna have to understand that that comes with connection to God. And in order to have a connection with God that you were designed to have, you've gotta make a decision about who Jesus is going to be in his life, be in your life. True connection, the connection that you were designed to have is now possible because of what Jesus did on the cross. He is the savior. The reason he is called savior is because when you know who Jesus is and what he did, 
and you decide, I want to be connected to God in the way that I was designed to, and Jesus is the only one that allows that connection, I am being saved from an Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I am being saved from any day of the week of not being connected the way that I need to be. He's also the savior and rescuer, not just of every day. He's the savior and rescuer from an eternity without God. See, when you make a decision that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he did on the cross for you, and he's the only way to truly be connected to God, not only do you get to have a savior of your every day and he makes life better, not perfect, there's not gonna be a perfect life, but makes it better because of that connection to God and to Jesus, but he changes your eternity. Now, eternity is a long time. Jesus is the rescuer of an eternity without God. And eternity with God means this, that you get to spend time with the creator that loved and looked through time to all of you so much that he wouldn't let sin and brokenness just go without doing anything. That sent his son to die on a cross as a sacrifice so you have an opportunity to connect to God in the way that you were designed to connect to God in a way where your eternity is changed, to where when you accept who Jesus says he is and what he did on the cross, and you allow Jesus to be the Lord or the boss of your life, that you hand over control to him and say, Jesus, I know what you did, I know who you are, I wanna be connected to God in the way that I was created to be connected, I give my life to you, your eternity is changed. And why wouldn't you want? I mean, what would keep us from not wanting to be around that God forever? Why would we want to make a, a decision that says, I am going to make a decision to be without that God, and I choose an eternity without God? So tonight, when you think about this story of Deacon, man, after having a connection with Deacon, I can't imagine not having it. I'm his father. He calls me, right now he calls me Dada, which is just, I don't know when he became English or something. He calls me Dada. I can't imagine having this connection, never having it and it going away. I am his father, and I want that connection to be real. And I want it to be a reality in Deacon's life. God wants a connection and a relationship with you and he made it possible, listen, he made it possible when he sent Jesus. Without that connection we have through Jesus, we will never be who we are intended to be. Without what Jesus did on the cross and us accepting that and saying, I want that to be in my life. And Jesus is the only one that can bring that connection. We will never be who we intended to be. Doesn't mean that we might not be successful in some things. It might not that we might not be popular or have joy. What it means is we will never be who we were intended to be in the way that we were designed to be connected to God. And it's important to know this. As you sit here tonight, none of you has made too many wrong choices for Jesus. None of your stories are too messy. The thing that has happened in your life whether you did it or something happened to you, the thing that you go, I hope no one finds that out. That is the thing that Jesus knows about you and says, I love you and I wanna be a part of your life. The thing that you hope no one finds out is the thing that Jesus looks past and says, 
I want you. He looked throughout history from the cross and say, I want you to be a part of my life and I want to be a part of your life. No one has sinned too much. Your past is not too messy. You are not disqualified to have Jesus as your savior because of your past. All of us come into tonight, all of us came through those doors with a story. Every single one of us came through those doors with a story. And what I love is tonight, October 27th, 2021, it's the only time in history that this group is going to be in a room anywhere ever in the world, ever in time. This is the only time. Think about how special that is. This is the only time this group of people will be in this room, this way, ever in the history of the world. And I believe that there's a reason for that. And I believe Jesus wants to do something tonight. So what does a salvation connection mean? It means that God has and had a plan to restore the connection that we are intended to have. And that plan is Jesus. And that plan has and always has only been Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Listen to John 14, 6 again. I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one can have the connection with God we are intended to have without going through Jesus and what he did on the cross and who he was being our Savior and our Rescuer. When you think about way, truth, and life, think about this for a second. Who needs to know the way to anything in your life? Who needs direction tonight? Who needs to know that there is truth and who needs to experience life where they may have been darkness? What's incredible about Jesus is Jesus is able to bring all three. A connection to Jesus as our savior and rescuer leads to the connection with God in a way that it was designed to be. Jesus can bring the way, the truth, and the life. So let me make sure that, that I, I just want to make sure you know what I am saying, and I want to be clear. Jesus changes eternity when you make a decision to say, Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for me. He's the only way. He's the only way to an eternity with God. He's the only way to have a life with Jesus every day. He's it. That's it. If you want to be connected to God in the way that we were designed to be connected, guess what? That comes through Jesus and only Jesus. So who am I talking to right now in this moment? I want to talk to those of you who walked into the room tonight, walked through those doors, and this is what you may have said without even knowing it. You may have walked in and you said, I never even knew this story of Jesus and that he was the only way to truly be connected to a God that created me for connection. Maybe tonight you said, I just have never even thought about Jesus. Maybe you walked through the door and you were like, look, I'm not into this Jesus thing. And you've just made some choices in your life that says, I don't, I don't really want that. Or maybe you walked through the door and you said, I really don't even know if I have Jesus. I want to talk to you if you're any of those three. You didn't know when you walked in if Jesus is your savior, your rescuer because of what he did on the cross, helping you be connected to God in the way that you were created to be? You walked in and you said, I just don't know. You walked in and said, I have made choices in my life to say I don't want him to be a part of my life. 
Or maybe you just walked in and just said, I've never even known that that was even an option. I've never even known that that was a real thing. If tonight you were saying that for the very first time in your life, you want to see Jesus as your savior and as your rescuer. If you're saying for the first time in your life that you want to make Jesus the Lord, the controller, the boss of your life, and you wanna have a connection with God that you were designed to have that can only come through Jesus. There's no other way to make it happen, only through Jesus, because of what he did on the cross and dying for every single one of our sins. If tonight you're saying, I may have walked in not knowing, but I'm gonna walk out the door knowing for sure that Jesus is my savior. I'm gonna walk out the door knowing this, that I get to walk with Jesus every single day of my life because of my salvation connection to him and then my connection to God through Jesus. I'm gonna walk, I may have walked in not knowing, I may have walked in saying no before, or I may have walked in just in complete doubt, but I am not walking out that same way. I'm gonna walk out knowing for sure that Jesus is my savior. What the, the, the great thing about this is that can happen tonight. You can walk out knowing for sure that Jesus is your savior. You can walk out for sure knowing that you get to go to heaven when you die. You can walk out knowing that you get eternity with a God that went through so much to make sure that you have that opportunity. And you can go through and you can walk out tonight knowing that Jesus is your savior and rescuer of a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, a Monday, a Tuesday, and a Wednesday. No one has to walk out of this room not knowing. 